If you have a copy of God's Word, I invite you to turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter number one. Ecclesiastes chapter number one. While you're finding that, I want to say welcome to Graduate Recognition Sunday. This morning we celebrate and we honor the hard work and dedication of all of our students and all the young men and women who sat before me today. Students, again, we celebrate you. We are super proud and excited to see all the different things that the Lord is going to do in your life. Uh, But more importantly than that, we are here to glorify and magnify Jesus this morning. And over the next few moments, I pray that's what we've done. We have already obviously sang worship to Jesus, and now we preach the word. For those of you, this is my first time preaching, by the way, on a Sunday morning. So for those of you who have still no idea who the youth pastor is, uh, my name is Taylor Calder. I have served as your student pastor here at First Baptist uh, since 2022. Uh, When I came on board as an intern in our student ministry, uh, these kids were going into their junior year, right? And I think, as I'm reminiscing about all these things that's happening, I think, time flies, doesn't it? I mean, really, where does time even go? Um, I've often heard it said, the bad news is that time flies by. The good news is you are the pilot. So yes, time does fly. To me, it seems like just yesterday, I was walking through the front doors of the student building for the very first time. It was on a Sunday morning. I remember it very vividly. And I remember meeting many of you for the very first time. A lot of you probably thought, who is this weirdo that is standing here? In fact, a lot of you probably thought that I was a student myself. Um, But I'll say all that to say this. You all are now entering a new season of your life. Things are about to change big time for each of you. But I want you to know how thankful Sarah and I are to have been a part of your life over the last couple years. I know it's sad seeing y'all graduate out of student ministry and into the real world, but we are extremely excited to see what the Lord has planned for each of you in the near future as you walk within his will. Now, I told myself I wasn't going to cry, so we're done with that. Um, As I began praying some weeks ago where the Lord would have me share this morning, he led me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And in this chapter, Solomon's going to talk about this man who had been going through the motions of life for a very long time. He had experienced everything there was to experience under the sun. He had done all the things that many of us wish that we could do one day. And yet when he gets to the end of his life, he concludes with three simple words, all is vanity. And that's actually where the title of our message comes from this morning. Life without Jesus is nothing. And you can ask any follower of Jesus in this room what it would be like to have life without Jesus. They'll tell you it wouldn't be much of a life. I'm going to begin reading Ecclesiastes chapter 1. I'll read verses 1 and 2. Listen to what it says. It says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. 
vanity of vanities. And there's that phrase, all is vanity. So what we see in verse 1 is Ecclesiastes was written by the teacher, or in my translation, the preacher. Now the question that we have to ask is, who is this man? Who is this preacher? Who is this teacher that verse 1 refers to? Well, if we keep reading, he's the son of David, king in Jerusalem. You see, Solomon was the only one of David's sons who ruled over a united Israel from Jerusalem. So if we're going to understand what's going on in these verses, we need a little background information. So I'm going to try to do that over the next couple seconds. When David had died, the kingdom of Israel was handed over to his son, Solomon. For time's sake, I promise you, if I had to read this chapter, we would be here for a long time. But you can read it on your own when you get home. In 1 Kings chapter 3, God appeared to Solomon in a dream. And in that dream, he told Solomon that he would get anything he asked for. Anything that he asked for, God would grant it to him. And of course, Solomon, being the young, inexperienced, dumb guy that he probably was, guess what he asked for? He asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom to be able to lead this nation to the best of his ability. And God actually granted Solomon's request for wisdom. Although if we keep reading, we eventually see how pride and greed began to creep into his life. At the time of his prayer, God honored that prayer for wisdom. Now I want you to look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I want to say something really important here, so please draw in close for just a second. Solomon's message when he was writing the book of Ecclesiastes is just as relevant and just as important to First Baptist Athens today. You want to know why? Because we live in a world that screams, if I could just make more money, get more success, have more popularity, have more friends, have more power, I'd be the happiest person alive. If I could own one more vehicle, Y'all can relate to this. Get one more college scholarship, I'd be complete. If I could get one more degree hanging on my wall, I'd be set for life. But you see, I think if Solomon were at First Baptist this morning, you know what he'd say? He'd say, yeah, these things are cool. These things are awesome. These things are great. But in eternity, they don't mean anything. You see, Solomon... He had a taste of every earthly achievement you could ever imagine, and yet he still comes to the conclusion, all is vanity. Now, if I stopped there and said, let's just pray, give an invitation, and we're out of here, that'd be a horrible message, right? But see, the questions that we have to ask is, if all of these things that I just mentioned are cool, then why does Solomon say that all is vanity? If recognizing high school and college graduates mean something, then why does Solomon tell us that earthly achievements do not matter? And the answer to that question is because earthly achievements, they're awesome, but they have no eternal value. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, What does man gain 
by all the toil at which he toils under the sun. I want you to notice that phrase, under the sun. You probably would not know this. You have no reason to know this off the top of your head. But Solomon mentions this phrase nearly 30 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. So obviously it's important, but why is it important? Well, what I want us to see is he's speaking from an earthly perspective. In other words, if this world, if this present life is all there is, there's no Jesus, there's no heaven, no hell, no final judgment, then everything in our lives, yours included and mine included, is meaningless. I mean, really, think about it for a minute. If this life is all there is, then what's the point of our existence? If there's nothing beyond this present life, what are y'all, work, what are we working for? Is it money? Ouch. Got bad news for you. You can't take that money when you die. It may go to your family, it may go to your friends, but I promise you it's not going with you. In fact, Jesus asked us a very similar question in Mark chapter 8, verse 36. Listen to what he says. He says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? I'll answer that, nothing. Nothing. But let me ask it in a different way. Let me ask it in a way that us in 2023 can understand it. What does it profit a young high school dude to throw the game-winning touchdown to win the state championship, and yet you forfeit your soul? What does it profit a young lady to get a scholarship to play softball, volleyball, basketball, cheerleading, whatever it is, you fill the blank, and yet never gain heaven? I'm going to pick on Christopher Albritton here up front for just a second. What does it profit Chris Albritton to, to break the record and score a 38 on the ACT. By the way, if you don't know this, you can only score a 36. So what does is, what is it profit Chris Albritton to score a 38 on his ACT, and yet he never knows Jesus? Again, the answer is nothing. Nothing. Students, please hear what I'm about to say. How much money you make, how popular you are, how many degrees you have hanging on your wall— how many vehicles you drive, what kind of house you live in, means nothing if you don't have Jesus Christ. Nothing. Because life without Jesus is futile. It's fleeting away. Let me give us an example. If I were to tell everyone in this room to show up tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. in the church parking lot, what would you do? I'll tell you what you would do. You would ask a question in the form of one word. Why? And if I responded to that by saying, don't worry about it, just show up. Then you'd start asking more questions. Well, what's in it for me? Why do I need to come? What's happening in the church parking lot at 9 a.m. that I need to be here for? Now, I know that was kind of a weird illustration, but my question to us is, why aren't we asking these questions about our own lives? Why aren't we asking the big questions? What's the profit in doing what I do? Does anything I own or anything I possess on earth, does it hold eternal value? I mean, the more we think about it, it's like life is just this never-ending cycle. 
In verses 4 through 11, they paint a picture of this never-ending cycle of repetition after repetition after repetition that we see in the world. And by the way, this helps us see reality for what it really is. It's just a never-ending cycle. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. i got a question. Does anybody ever notice anything about the earth? It always remains the same. Always. I've had conversations with my grandparents before and other people, and they say things like, well, Taylor, times have certainly changed. The world we're living in 2023, it's not like it used to be back in the day. And you know, with them, I'd have to agree with that. Times certainly have changed, but you know what hasn't changed? The earth. People change. People come, people go. People live and people die. Generations are born and generations eventually die off. And yet the earth remains the same. Solomon gives us further insight in verses 5 through 8. Look at them with me. It says, The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits, the wind returns. Verse 7, all streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. Verse 8, all things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Notice in verse 5, he mentions the sun. Now, the sun in verse 5 could be, it could be compared, if you will, to a track runner who runs lap after lap after lap. And like this track star, he's running, he thinks he's getting somewhere in life, and yet you know what he's doing? He's running in circles over and over and over again. But not only that, look in verse 6, Solomon speaks about the wind. He talks about how the wind blows from north to south, east to west. And what's its conclusion? It simply returns. And finally, in verse 7, Solomon talks about the sea. And he comes to yet another conclusion that all the streams of the earth somehow or some way find their way back into the sea. But I say all that to say nothing changes. The water level stays the same. I know some of you are sitting here going, Taylor, what in the world does that have to do with me? What's the point of all this? The point is life without Jesus is nothing. It's meaningless. There's no lasting satisfaction under the sun. I got a question for all of us. Just by a show of hands, raise your hand if you are going to do laundry sometime this week. Raise your hand. Okay, pretty much all of us. Now, I got another question. When you wear those clothes this upcoming week, how many of us are going to be doing laundry again the following week? Raise your hand. Okay, it's this never-ending cycle. Another question, how many of us are going to work tomorrow morning? I know some of you don't like when I say that. How many of us are going to work tomorrow morning? A lot of us. Okay, now when you get off work, you're probably going to go home, 
You may um, take your kids to ball practice. You may spend some time with your husband or your wife. You may go to the gym. Or you may get in the recliner and go to sleep. I don't know what you're going to do. But you know what you're going to do on Tuesday? You're going to get up and you're going to go to work again. Question, why do I need to go to work again? Because we've got bills to pay for. By the way, bills are going to be in your mailbox month after month after month. It's a never-ending cycle. And verse 8 tells us why this is this way. Look at verse 8. It says, all things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. You know what Solomon's saying? He's saying you'll never say enough. You'll never see enough. You'll never hear enough. You'll never have enough. You'll never do enough. Church family, we are a discontent people. We're never content. We'll always want more and more and more. Students, there are some of you who are sitting in the room this morning. I know you wouldn't say this to your parents, but you're going, what's going through your mind is, I cannot wait to get to college so I can get away from my crazy parents. There are some of you who are thinking that. Then you're going to get to college, and you're going to go, dadgummit, this is a lot of studying, a lot of hard work, did not know that this was going to be this bad. I can't wait to get out of here and begin a career that I really love. And then you're going to graduate college. You're going to get that job you've always wanted. And then you're going to go, I'm lonely. Like, I, I need someone to do life with. That, that would make me very happy. And then shortly after that, the Lord will send someone your way, and you'll get married to that person. You'll fall in love happily ever after. And everything's great, everything's perfect, until one day, you're like, you know what? I think if I had some kids, that would make me feel a lot better. It would make me feel more complete. So you have those kids, and they become your greatest blessing outside of Jesus and your spouse. In some cases, it may be your worst nightmare. I don't know about any of you. But then you realize, wow, I'm not bringing in enough money to support my family. Like, I've got pizza rolls to pay for to put on the table. Maybe I need a different job to add more income, more money to the one I already have. And guys, this continual process, this continual cycle happens over and over and over again. And at the end of the day, nothing really changes. And Solomon makes that more obvious in verses 9 through 11. He says, what has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Verse 10, is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of latter things yet to be among those who come after. Church family, you've heard me say this time and time again in this sermon. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing changes. And if you don't believe me, consider every person that's ever walked the face of the earth. We're born, we grow up, get married, have a family, go to work, retire, and then we die. And I promise, guys, please hear me. 
I promise I'm not trying to sound blunt. I'm not trying to sound harsh. I'm just trying to be truthful. The entire human race, we are made up of a bunch of sinners, myself included. And regardless of how little or how much we do, nothing we have and nothing we work for will make a difference in our eternity. So some of you are saying to yourselves, well, Taylor, if life is meaningless, then why am I here? If life is meaningless, then what value is there to life at all? Is there any value? And here's where I want to begin to land the plane this morning. Hopefully we don't crash. Please hear what I'm about to say. The only thing that's actually valuable in this present life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. And please know, I love a lot of things in this life. I mentioned this in the first service. I love my family. I love my pets. Can y'all believe this? I've got a cat and a dog. Like, that's just brave right there. Um, I love the home we live in. I love my Honda Accord. Love the clothes on my back. I love Alabama football. I love all of these things. So, so do you. So do all of us. We all enjoy and appreciate the blessings God has given us. But you see, I believe it would be smart if we didn't hold on too tightly to these things. Why, you may ask? Because they're all temporary. And here's the deal. It's not that they don't matter. It's not that they don't bring us joy, because these things do. But it's only a temporary joy. The reality is they have no eternal value. But you know what does have eternal value? A relationship with Jesus. And that's why it's the only thing that will matter when you stand before him. Did you know Jesus? Students, y'all heard me say this time and time again, not asking you if you know about him. I think a lot of us have at least heard his name before. I'm not asking that. I'm asking, do you know him personally? Is he Lord of your life? Do you have a relationship with him? My youth pastor used to tell me all the time, he'd say, Taylor, in a hundred years from now, the only thing that will matter is what you did with Jesus. I've never forgotten it. I've got a picture hanging on my wall in my office that says, in a hundred years from now, the only thing that will matter is what you did with Jesus. So students, I ask y'all this a lot on Wednesday nights. What are you going to do with Jesus today? And church family, I will ask you as well, what will you do with Jesus today? Because it's not my choice. It's not Kenan's choice. It's not Brother John's choice. It's not your pastor's job. It's not your Sunday school teacher or your spouse. The choice is yours to make. At this time, we will now transition into recognizing our graduates. Can we turn the lights on? I think they're going to try to get some pictures of them. Um, before we begin, I want to once again speak on behalf of Sarah and myself and so many others, grandparents, parents, brothers and sisters, Graduates, we are extremely proud of you uh, for the young men and the young women that you are becoming. We're excited to see the ways in which the Lord will begin to work in your lives throughout the years to come. Before we go into the process, I would ask uh, that you would hold your applause until after we're done, or we might be here for a while. 
Um, so at this time, I'm going to ask our graduates if you would stand. First, we want to recognize Mr. Christopher Albritton this morning. Chris is the son of Nat Albritton and Tracy Spain. He's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending college at Auburn University, where he'll be majoring in industrial engineering. He also plans to march in the Auburn Tiger Band. Next, we recognize Miss Madison Burgess. Madison is the daughter of David and Tiffany McCleskey. She's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending Calhoun Community College, where she'll be majoring in elementary education. Next, we recognize Miss Lilla Chandler. Lilla is the daughter of Bay and Ann Chandler. She's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending Mississippi State University, where she'll be majoring in kinesiology. Next, we recognize Mr. Aaron Glaze. Aaron is the son of Greg and Melissa Glaze. He's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending college at Auburn University, where he'll be majoring in engineering. Aaron also plans to march with Christopher in the Auburn Tiger Marching Band. Next, we recognize Miss Anna Glaze. I'm going to pick on them for just a second, but I had to. Notice the striking resemblance of Aaron and Anna. They are twins. Anna is the daughter of Greg and Melissa Glaze. She's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending college at Samford University, where she'll be majoring in nursing. Next, we recognize Miss Bree Holden. Bree is the daughter of Dave and Jeannie Holden. She's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending the University of North Alabama, where she'll be majoring in pre-optometry, and she will also be cheering at UNA. Next, we recognize Miss Christina Jones. Christina is the daughter of Tyrone and Shirley Jones. She's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending the University of Texas at Austin, where she'll be majoring in government on a pre-law track. If she becomes our next president, I'm honored. Although she's not able to be with us this morning, uh, we also want to recognize Miss Kay Martin. Kay is the daughter of Tim and Jeannie Martin and the granddaughter of Irene Butler. Kay is graduating from the University of Mobile with a doctorate of nursing practice. Next, we recognize Mr. Brett McGee. Brett is the son of Chad and Amy McGee. He's graduating from James Clemens High School and will be attending the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, where he'll be majoring in business or communications. Next, we recognize Mr. Andrew Melendrez. Andrew is the son of Joseph and Catherine Melendrez. He's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending the University of North Alabama where he'll be majoring in culinary arts. Andrew will also be a member of the Marching Pride at UNA. Next, we recognize Miss Emma Nichols. Emma is the daughter of Jeremy and Deanna Nichols and Angela Fussell. She's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending the University of Alabama at Birmingham, where she'll be majoring in nursing. Next, we recognize Miss Bella Norton. Bella is the granddaughter of Andrew Casali and Teresa Owens. 
She's graduating from Elkmont High School and will be attending Calhoun Community College where she'll be majoring in nursing. Next, we recognize Mr. Jude Parnell. Jude is the son of Jason and Candy Parnell. He's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending Calhoun Community College where he'll be majoring in physical education or therapy. Next, we recognize Miss Kate Street. Kate is the daughter of Oliver and Rebecca Street. She's, graduation, she's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending Jacksonville State University where she'll be majoring in nursing. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, we recognize Mr. Max Thomas. Max is the son of Steve and Mary Thomas. He's graduating from Athens High School and will be attending the University of North Alabama where he'll be majoring in pre-chiropractic medicine. At this time, can we give a round of applause to the graduating class of 2023? 